This podcast was first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South community access radio station. For more information on Fresh FM, as well as links to other great local podcasts, go on our website freshfm.net or download the accessmedia.nz app. Hi, welcome to Green Thumbs and Dirty Fingers, a gardening show full of inspiration. I'm Philippa Foes-Lamb, a self-confessed passionate gardener. I've been in the garden industry for many years and I totally enjoy sharing my knowledge with you. Green Thumbs and Dirty Fingers is kindly sponsored by the Nelson Farmers Market at Kirby Lane every Wednesday from 8.30am to 1.30pm. Today we're focusing on Christmas gift ideas for gardeners and early summer tasks. At the Nelson Farmers Market, at the moment the market has lots of amazing summer fruit and vegetables, including delicious cherries, strawberries, boysenberries and blackberries. There is also a great selection of salad ingredients such as tomatoes, cucumber, fennel, salad greens as well as eggplant, zucchini and beans. Now is a fantastic time to order your Christmas salmon from the Sausage Press Deli Company. It's almost Christmas, crikey, who can believe it? So I thought I'd share a few Christmas gift ideas for the gardeners in your life. You could also drop some hints to your family, read gifts for yourself. There's nothing I like better than doing that. For me, the absolute ultimate gift, and I bet you know what I'm going to say, would be a huge load of fish compost from Bay Landscapes and oodles of sheep manure pellets. Yes, I'm weird. <laughs> Other gardening gifts that are wonderful can be things like even just a simple hand fork or a trowel, because I, for one, am always losing mine. I often wonder, why on earth do they make garden tools with wooden handles or They either have green or brown handles, it seems, which to me is totally daft, because what colours do you have in your garden? The soil's brown and leaves, etc., are green. So it's very easy to lose your precious little garden forks. I'm a little bit sad at the moment because I've mislaid one that was my mum and dad's, and it was used for years, and it's a great little, little fork. And I remember the day I was using it in the garden, and it's disappeared. Whether it got tossed into the compost pile or the area where, where we put all our garden rubbish, I don't know, but I just cannot find it. I'm hoping one day it'll just be sitting poked into the ground and I'll just trip over it. Gardening tools really are quite precious, so it's good to take good care of your gardening tools, actually. Keep, keep them clean. I'm, well, I'm, I need to take my own advice on that one, because by the time I finish gardening, I sort of tend to look at them and go, oh, I'll just put them away. But it is really important to keep them as clean as you can And also, it's worth sharpening them occasionally. Even sharpening a trowel is a great idea, or getting it sharpened. I'm sure a knife sharpening guy would probably sharpen your trowel if it was nice and clean. So that, that's just a thought, because it just makes it that much easier when you're trying to plant something, if your trowel's sharp. So getting back to garden tools. Something like a spade, is, it really is, or maybe even a tall garden fork, like one with a long handle, is more of a personal thing. You really need to choose your own because everybody's height is different. For instance, I've got, there's one hoe, one hoe, there's one fork here that I simply cannot use. It's heavy and it's too big, it's too tall for me. So I just find it really cumbersome to use. So maybe, maybe leave that sort of gift to, to the person, for the person to choose themselves. Or you could get them a voucher from some of the big hardware stores so they can choose their own. But you can't really go wrong with small garden forks and trowels. Or maybe even there's something that I think is like a claw. That's fantastic for getting in amongst plants and hoofing weeds out. Gardening gloves are also a fabulous gift. We can never have too many gardening gloves. 
you do sort of need to know the approximate size of their hand. So maybe the next time you're with them or if they're a family member, just sort of look at their hands and try and work out what size you think they might be. Or if they have gardening gloves that have the size on them, that's a really good tip. I went looking for some gloves the other day. And I've got this old school desk on our veranda and I've got gloves, etc. in there. And so I desperately needed to quickly find a pair of gloves. Well, I went through every single glove that was in that desk and they were all left-handed. I mean, what's the point of that? Why was I keeping them all? So needless, needless to say, most of those have gone in the bin because they haven't got a partner. Obviously, the partner got a hole in one finger or something and got biffed out earlier. And I thought, I'll just keep the left-hand one just in case. Well, that's fine until you end up with 10 of them. <laughs> most frustrating. My favourite brand of gardening gloves are Lynn River Gloves. They used to be called Showa, I think, and they're, they've got like a green vinyl, I don't know if it's vinyl, it's not leather or anything, rubber, might, might even be rubber, um, inside of the hand and then on the top, which goes a little bit on the top of the fingers, and then their fabric, they're sort of like a knit fabric, and they breathe really well. And the other lovely thing I love is that I can feel everything I'm doing in them. Some of the other gloves, like some of the, the cheaper cotton gloves and even some leather gloves, to be honest, you put them on and you're trying to weed and you can't actually physically feel what your fingertips are doing. And that can be quite hard because it's very easy to pull out too much or you might pull out a seedling that's next to it that you wanted to keep. So it is quite impossible. Impossible. I need to get my mouth connected to my brain. I was just talking to somebody about that yesterday. <laughs> oh. Anyway, so you need to really try and make sure that they've got decent fingertips, not, not too chunky. Having said that, if you keep the receipt and the gardening gloves that you buy for your, your, your nearest and dearest aren't right, you can always take them back and swap them for something else. The other lovely thing to do too is to put together a basket of goodies. Anything like seeds, gloves, liquid food, gardener soap or hand cream. Let's face it, we have hard-working hands and some of the gardener soaps you can get now are absolutely fantastic. I tend to find, even when I'm wearing gloves, somehow our clay dirt does manage to get inside the gloves. I don't know where it, how it does it, but it does. Sometimes I know too, when I'm vigorously weeding, soil actually gets down the cuff of the glove. <laughs> and then I end up with it working its way to its fingertips and hey presto, my fingernails look terrible. And that always seems to happen when I'm about to go out somewhere too. And if you know what clay soil is like, it does tend to stain. So it, it is best, if you can, to use a good gardener's soap that will just help to get rid of it. The other lovely thing you can do is you can plant up a hanging basket for sun or shade, or may, maybe one, one for each. Impatience are perfect for shady spots. Alyssum, lobelia, petunias, asters, verbena, and so many more are perfect for sunny spots. The most important thing to do is to use good quality potting mix. The other thing I do too with a hanging basket is I always put a saucer or maybe just a plastic pot saucer with a bit of gravel in it at the bottom of the basket. This acts like a little water reservoir. So when you water, some of the water will end up, even though you've got soil on top of the gravel, some of the water will end up sitting in that saucer. And that just really helps to keep your hanging baskets moist, a little bit more moist because hanging baskets do dry out really quickly. At the height of summer, if I've got a full hanging basket, I sometimes have to, have to water it twice a day. So that's just a little tip when you're planting them up. 
You're on Fresh FM. This is Green Thumbs and Dirty Fingers, sponsored by the Nelson Farmers Market at 23 Halifax Street on every Wednesday from 8.30am to 1.30pm, rain or shine. I'm Philippa Foes-Lamb. Today we're focusing on Christmas gift ideas for gardeners and early summer tasks. The Nelson Farmers Market is on every Wednesday, but they're also having a special Christmas Eve market on the 24th of December from 8am to 1pm. So grab your diaries or grab your phones and make a note of that. So that's Christmas Eve on the 24th of December, obviously, from 8am to 1pm at 23 Halifax Street. Please scan in, wear a mask and all food is takeaway for consumption outside of the market. For more information, please check the Facebook page or website regularly. Getting on to early summer tasks. Scarlet runner, climbing beans, dwarf butter, sorry, dwarf butter beans, and green beans can be planted or sown now. With scarlet runners, you're probably best to go for the seedlings now because it's getting a little bit late to get them in. Scarlet runners are interesting. They're a perennial runner bean. This means that if you do a lot of preparation when you plant them, chances are they'll die down, they'll die down after the season. Don't dig them up, just give them lots of food, etc. in early spring and up they'll pop again. Sometimes I've found, because we tend to have really hot summers, whether we're in Marlborough, Nelson Tasman or Golden Bay, we, they do tend to struggle a little bit here. So I think it's really important to do really good <coughs> excuse me, preparation. Dig a lovely deep trench and put in plenty of fish compost and sheep manure. I'd probably dig my trench at least 30 centimetres deep, if not 45. This might sound a bit excessive, but it really is worth it. So if you, if you do that and add your compost and your sheep manure pellets, maybe wet the sheep manure pellets and dig it through the compost in the bottom of the trench, and then add more soil with fish compost mixed in, and water it really well, and then plant your scarlet runner beans. Now, when it comes to dwarf butter beans and green beans, you can sow, still sow those direct, and you can still sow some other climbing beans direct as well. Scarlet runners are just a little bit different. So when you're so do that preparation as well for your any dwarf beans or other climbing beans. And if you're going to sow them direct, then it's it's a really good idea to water thoroughly, and then you grab your bean seed, and if you look at it, you'll see it's got a little eye. And it's really important to, to sow it with that eye up. You'll get a far better germination rate and you'll get much stronger plants. This is because the bean isn't having to use energy to sort of go, oh heck, I'm on my side. I need to kind of ugh, get the growth going that way and then up. If you actually sow it with that eye up, you'll be stunned at, at the 100%. You'll probably get a 100% germination rate as long as the beans are fresh. The bean seed is fresh. Then what you do is you, you just... So you probably put them about, depending on the size of the bean, it's generally the depth twice the size of the bean. If you're doing your beans in containers, and you can do that, you can. it's a great idea to put them slightly more shallow. So if the bean is, say, a centimetre long, I'd put it just, just under half a centimetre beneath the surface of the soil. It seems to make a difference with container-grown ones. I'm really not sure why. Now normally, if you were doing sowing them, say, mid-spring, then I'd suggest that you didn't water them again until they germinate. This is because if you water them too much, if we're getting spring rainfall, they can actually rot before they get a chance to come to fruition. But at this time of the year, it probably would be a good idea to keep them watered, 
just because things are drying out quite quickly. And let's face it, when that sun comes out, it is burning hot. The other thing to do too, before you plant, plant any beans or before you sow your seed, if you're doing climbing beans, then it's a great idea to have just a little bit of support there. So scarlet runners in particular are very vigorous, so you need quite strong supports. I'd go for the thickest bamboo you could find or even use hardwood stakes, and they will need to be quite tall because scarlet runners go bonkers. The last time I put some in, I think I used stakes that were six feet high once they were in the ground, and that wasn't high enough. I needed something taller than that because my scarlet runners just ended up being all hairy and wild at the top. It really was quite funny. And then, of course, when they, when they produce their beans, because they're quite heavy, they tended to collapse. So it really is important to put a bit of thought into the support you use. Of course, you don't have trouble with dwarf, with dwarf beans. They're just fantastic, and they crop so well. If you are planting seedlings of beans, it's very important to be very gentle because they do have very brittle roots. It doesn't take much to, to break them. So definitely be gentle with them. There's still time to plant capsicums, chilli, sweet corn and aubergine. The ground will be much warmer, so they will take off quickly. Sweet basil is a beautiful herb. Who doesn't love sweet basil? It can be a bit temperamental. It needs lots of food and moisture. It's very similar to tomatoes. Because it's known as sort of a Mediterranean herb, you tend to sort of think it's a bit like thyme and oregano, which can survive quite dry conditions. But no, sweet basil does need loads of moisture and, as I've just mentioned, lots of food. It's very susceptible to dampening off if you're growing it from seed or planting out very young seedlings. So it, it's really important to water it from the base. I realise if it rains, it's going to get wet from the top. Rain doesn't tend to have the same effect. It's quite weird. But if you're hand watering, it, does, it is a great idea to, or if you're using a hose, you really do need to try and just keep the moisture at ground level. It's also quite important to mulch it too if it's in the garden, but try not to get the mulch too close to the stem because it will rot quite quickly. I love growing basil in my large grow bags. I put it in a lovely sunny sheltered site. Because of that, if it's in a grow bag, as it gets bigger, you are going to need to be quite diligent about your watering. Prick out any top growth to encourage bushy growth. Sweet basil naturally wants to grow quite tall, so it's quite important to just prick out those two top leaves on each stem and you'll find that that will encourage growth lower down and you'll end up with a lovely bushy plant. Pick off any flower heads that form as this encourages more leaf growth and it also helps to keep the leaves tender. What can happen is once basil started to flower, because it's putting its energy into flowering and wanting to set seed, it tends to stop putting any of its food into the leaves. You may have noticed that the leaves start to go a little bit tough and that's when the flavour becomes a little bit, it's not quite astringent, that's not the word I want, but it just becomes a bit more bleh on the mouth. So it is a good idea, as you see, the, as soon as you see those flower buds starting to form, just pinch them off. Keeping your plants well watered and fed, you can liquid feed them with whatever you feed your tomatoes with as well and that, that will really help to keep the leaves tender. Have a wonderful Christmas. It's been quite a hard year in, quite, in so many ways. So spend time with friends and family and just be aware of the, the traffic light orange rules as well. It is really quite important to keep yourself and others safe. But make the most of every second of happiness. We need as much joy as we can get this year. So happy gardening, everyone. Merry Christmas. Hope you enjoyed today's show. 
If you have any questions about anything I covered, email me at nelson at freshfm.net. Green Thumbs and Dirty Fingers airs Tuesday morning 20 to 11 and replays Sunday afternoon 20 to 3. Previous editions of this show are available as a podcast from our website, freshfm.net, or through the Access Internet Radio app. Thanks to the Nelson Farmers Market at Kirby Lane every Wednesday from 8.30am to 1.30pm for supporting a show about gardening. Thank you for joining me. See you next time. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast available by funding the Access Media Project. Other great podcasts from Fresh FM are available through the accessmedia.nz app or our website freshfm.net.